All right, thank you for that. Morning, church. Good to see you. And thanks for being faithful this morning. Let's turn our Bibles to our reading this morning, Psalm 116. And maybe this morning as we get into the Word of God, you would just already just think about the, uh, the significance of this past week in regard to just another commemoration of, um, of Australia Day. And I know that in, in our day today, that can become a little controversial in a sense, but we know that we can't rewrite history. And we can look back and we can see from a Christian perspective the, the purposes of that for us as God's people. And this morning, I want to I give you a message from a very special passage of Scripture. And um, if you could cast your mind, and I don't know if you've ever been to, to Sydney, but there's an area in downtown Sydney called Circular Quay. And if I was to take you down there and, and go for a walk a little bit and go down a street called Castle Race Street, and we walk down all of the different cafes and all of the hustle and bustle of Sydney City, I could walk you down to a corner on Bly and, uh, and Hunter Street, and there's a monument there that probably millions of people pass by through the course of the year. No one really notices it. No one really pays attention. It's just a monument in a city full of monuments, in a city full of different statues that relate to the history of the founding of our nation, but there's a specific one that I would take you to, and right there, if you would cast your mind on this monument, it's just a, 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 a little monument to really the first ever Christian service that was held here in Australia. The date on that would be the 3rd of February, 1788, and one Reverend Johnson opened the Word of God, and you, now you think back to, imagine all of those buildings were gone and imagine if they were all just, uh, it was all, uh, all just bushland and you think about the great gum trees there and you think about maybe how the, the first fleet came to that, uh, that, this corner of the world and for the first time they, they gazed over this unknown land. You think about all the strange animals that they saw, or you think about the strange noises that we would all be familiar with when we fly into our great nation. We hear the kookaburras singing again. We hear the cicadas and, you know, all of those iconic sounds that only really come to us as we come home. And you imagine for the first time they looked out into this vast wilderness, and right there they sat under a, a mighty tree, and you can imagine what that Reverend Richard Johnson was thinking. He was the chaplain of the First Fleet. Uh, according to history, he was a gospel preacher. And you imagine him sitting there, and it was the first ever service, not just in, in, in the fact that it was the first Sunday of the month, but no, this was the very first Sunday of what would be a new colony and eventually a new nation. And I imagine as he looked out there and he saw all of the, 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 all of the hundreds of, of, of people that were with him, those that had great command like Captain Arthur Philip who was with them on that fateful day. And you look at all of the different ones, the, 
those who were stowed away uh, to this penal colony. And they were just sitting there, perhaps made to come to church that morning, but perhaps coming with some anticipation at what the great reverend was about to say. And he turns to a passage of scripture that we turn to this morning in Psalm 116. And I want to give you a message from this very special passage of scripture because this was a scripture that was opened on that 3rd of February. It was opened on that first Sunday in this new colony. And, and if I was to take you to another place in Sydney, there's, a, there's a, uh, an Anglican church nearby. And actually within the sanctuary of that church, there's the very first Bible that ever was taken into this great nation, this new nation. It's Reverend Johnson's Bible. And I've had the privilege of going into that, uh, into that, uh, that, uh, that hall and, and the, the pastor of that, that Anglican church allowed me to put some gloves on to open up. And, and I opened up to this passage of scripture and right there, there was an inscription from Reverend Richard Johnson. First Sunday in Australia. And right there on the opening, if you look at the flyleaf of that Bible, it was a King James Bible, by the way, you open it up on that Bible and you see signatures of great dignitaries who have visited in years past. But this was a, a, special, a special book because it was the, the, the very first Bible that was ever opened in these shores. And, and this morning, I hope that you have a sense of just the, the, the blessedness that we have to live in this great nation of ours. You know, I was just thinking again this week as we approach Friday, we're going to have that, that picnic and, and how often we let days come past and we don't fully comprehend how blessed we are. We go about and yes, we have a nation that in all of its history, we've seen some different things happen and, and in, our, in our recent history, we can say there's some things that we're concerned about but we have to understand that in the context of, of, God's, of God's wisdom and God's sovereignty, He allowed a nation to be birthed right here. And tonight, if you would come back, I want to give you a little bit of a, a history lesson on some of the personalities that, that God raised in that time and some lessons that we're going to learn. But this morning, I want to open to this special passage of Scripture. And I want to give you some thoughts here this morning from Psalm 116 and as, uh, as was mentioned, these were, uh, these were great psalms of, uh, in, the, in the great book of psalms. What these psalms were from Psalm 113 right through to Psalm 118 is what we would call our hallelujah psalms. These were psalms that were sung specifically by a congregation and, and often when there was a, a sense of God's presence and a sense of God working in the midst of the nation, this were, these were the specific psalms that the psalmist would open to. But what's unique about Psalm 116 in this, in this, these, uh, between these, uh, these few psalms in the, in the Word of God is that this was the one psalm in the Hallelujah Psalms that was sung as a solo. All of these other psalms were sung in a congregational sense, but one would be chosen to rise up in the midst of the congregation and would sing this specific one. It was a solo. And I think about that in, in, in how we are sometimes as Aussies. You know, we're, we're pretty isolated from the rest of the world. 
We can look around and we can feel like, you know, we're, we're so far away from all of the different, uh, the different circumstances, and yet there's a need for us to stand alone at times and to lift up our voice in thankfulness to our great God, in thankfulness for, for what we have as God's people here in Australia. You know, you, uh, many of you, you could look at your, your family history and you could look at all of the, the different generations that, that, that have been here and you're, you're part and fabric of this great land. And, and you know, I can't claim that. You know, I, we came when I was a real young boy. I was seven years old. My parents decided to bring us here. But I'll tell you what, the, the, one of the great things that God has done for me was knit my heart to this place. And, you know, I look back at so much of what God has done, how, how, much, uh, how many times God spoke to my heart, and it was so often tied with the burden for this very nation of ours. And I think about the many times, you know, I was a typical, a typical uh, I would call a Baptist brat. I, I grew up in the Baptist church, all right? And my parents would take me to every meeting and every conference, and, and especially to every missions conference. I was the type of kid, every mission field, I looked on the screen, I would surrender to. And I would ask God, send me somewhere. Send me to another place. Send me. And you know what God kept saying? No. <laughs> and God decided that this place would be where I would minister. I remember as a 16-year-old, I was just down the road at Kippering, and uh, the preacher was preaching on heal our land. And that was the first time I really felt the call of God upon my life. And that was the time where I bowed a knee, I made a decision to follow Christ and to follow Him in His will for my life. And as part of that was, was a calling to minister here, right here in our homeland of Australia. Later on, I had, uh, was in a youth camp and uh, a guest speaker had come and he had preached on the need of Australia. And so much of that night just it seems to be a blur, but specifically that night, God called me to this place. And I want to tell you that, that it's not just the preachers that are called to this place. You're called to this place. God has placed you here. God has put you here. And, and I, I just heard that there's a, there's a family amongst us. They just literally landed just yesterday. Welcome to this great country. But I want to tell you that there's, this great country has a great need. And that we're not just supposed to just sit around and think about all the great things that, uh, that God has, has given us, but have the same attitude as a psalmist who said, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? You know what we, he's asking there? He's saying, What shall I present back to God? You know, he wasn't just thinking about all of the great things that God had bestowed upon him. He was thinking, you know, I have a great accountability here. There's a great responsibility, and, and I, I th hearken back to that time, I could imagine, as Richard Johnson, who, uh, who opened these, this very text that Sunday morning, as he thought about the great potential of what could be in this great land. It could have been anything at that time, and it could have been, uh, it could have been any kind of nation, but, but I can just great, get a great sense of his heart for what he wanted this place to be for the Lord. And I hope that similarly this morning, you won't just take all of the great benefits that God has bestowed upon us today for granted, but that you would recognize that actually you have a great responsibility as God has given you this land. That, that as Aussies, we have a, a great sense not only of the, the goodness of God, 
God upon our lives, but actually the great responsibility we have to God to render to Him, to present back a kind of life that would be pleasing and honoring to Him. You know, they, they just sung that, that, that song of, of being here on this earth. And listen, God has given us great grace and great mercy to give us another day, another year. And with that comes a great responsibility of, of just living for God like we should. We shouldn't take for granted that time. I don't want to give you a couple of things here this morning about things to render to God for the great benefits He has given us. And firstly, I want you to note there in Psalm 116, and notice verse 13. And actually, what we'll do, we'll, we'll pause. I'm going to ask God to help us this morning as we get into the Word of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, and Lord, I want to pause in this little while, and Lord, I know that, Lord, at times we can be a little bit unaware, Lord, of just the, the responsibilities that we have, Lord, as, as your people, and we can just sort of live our lives, and Lord, in our own concerns, in our own struggles, and forget that, Lord, in all of that, you've placed us here in this great nation of Australia. And Lord, with that comes a great responsibility, Lord, to live for you and to, in all that we're able to, Lord, win this nation for you, dear Lord. And I know, for Father, that, Lord, there's a great need all around us. I recognize, dear Lord, that we're living in the times where it can be difficult, Lord, and there's great unbelief. And yet, Lord, we know that you still are a God who is able to save. And you're a God who's able, Lord, to still work in many lives. And Lord, we need you as your people to, to live, Lord, a life that's pleasing to you in this time. Lord, you've given us this generation to, to win. You've given us this generation to serve you. And so I pray that you just help us as we open your word this morning. Lord, we need you, Lord. Please speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And notice verse 13 there. He asked the question in verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? And the first thing he, he mentions, the psalmist mentions in verse 13 is, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And here's the, the first thing that as we think about living here in Australia, we need to use our freedoms. We need to use our freedoms to freely share the gospel. You know, I, this morning, as I think about our, our nation, no doubt you got a handout. I hope that you did anyway, and you, you take that, and there's a list there of independent Baptist churches here in Australia, and there's a 26 and a half million people in our great nation now. It's grown, hasn't it? And, and within that, there's 145 of our kind of churches that would preach the gospel. I understand there's other places that would preach the gospel, but just coming, looking at within our ranks, so to speak, there's 145 for 26 and a half million people. Last year, we spoke about the need for churches and the need to plant churches, and, and, and Lord willing, God will use us to be part of that, but, but we have great freedom today. You know, we can look at it from a, from a macro level. We can look at the nation from a holistic point of view and, and look at the the, the growing population versus the reversing amount of churches and the reversing trend of, of church attendance and, and this alarming uh, rate where there there's, doesn't seem to be men 
coming, to, uh, coming forward anymore to volunteer and to serve God with their lives. And, and there seems to be a, a little bit of, a, 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 of a, a casual approach to the things of God. And we look around and we can decry the condition of our nation. But I want to remind you that, that that won't change if we don't take the gospel seriously. If we can look around and, and, and there's things that we can so easily be concerned about in this nation and there, we ought to be concerned. But, but so often we can look at economic means and, and political means and we can look at all of those areas to say that that's what needs to change. But listen, what needs to change is God's people and their heart for the gospel message. That's what's got to change. And so many times we live our lives and we pass our neighbors by and we pass our communities by and we wonder who's going to tell them when we're supposed to tell them. You know, we go about and last year I asked those six churches specifically that we were praying for that didn't have pastors and I'm glad to say that through prayer and through God's leading, two out of those six churches have a pastor now. We ordained one of them Recently, here in our own church, one of the guys that grew up in, in my former church there in Sydney, he's now pastoring down the road at Stafford. Another fellow that we knew from years ago, he, they started our young adult ministry back in Sydney. They're now pastoring in the Sunshine Coast, and they've taken that church, and I'm glad for that. I'm glad how God moves. But listen, God needs to move right here. And there needs to be some who just would take seriously the gospel. And we live in a country of great freedom of speech and religion. And with that freedom, I'm afraid we've just taken it for granted. We've taken it for our own benefit. And we're glad for all of the things that we get out of this great nation and out of the freedoms that we have. And we go about and we live our lives. And I'm thankful for that. But we're supposed to use it for something. We're supposed to use it. And he says, you know, in verse 13, he says about that cup of salvation. He says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And I'm saying we ought to use this time that we have. And we ought to use these freedoms that we have to use it to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that we ought not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth? to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And, you know, so often the Apostle Paul, who was the writer of that great letter to the Romans, he went about, and, you know, the, the, the thing about Paul was this. He was a Roman citizen. And you know what he did? He used his citizenship. He used that freedom that he had. He used it to take advantage, to share the gospel, and to go about and do the work of God. You know, he, he, he understood that came with the, that citizenship great privileges. And so often he appealed on those grounds. And I'm saying that, that you know, many times we, we come to this nation and, and we have our, our, our roots tied down and we have our heritage right here and we're raising our families right now and we look at all of that and to what end? You know, sometimes we just live the way the average Aussie lives. There's no difference. There's no, point of, there's no point of difference. We just go about and we just, we, we try to live right, perhaps. We try to live in a way that seems like we're good citizens. 
But listen, all of that is well and good, but that's not going to save a nation. What's going to save a nation is for God's people to get fair income about the gospel. To just say, you know what? We have the responsibility. I, I, I'm going to take the cup of salvation. I'm going to name the name of Christ. And, and we need to use the freedoms we have in Australia to share the gospel, but we can't despise the freedoms that we have. You know, I think sometimes we can get a little spoiled, can't we? You know, we have this saying, right? First world problems. And you go to different places and you suddenly you don't have your Wi-Fi and you don't have this and that and suddenly it becomes tragic. You start to complain, you start to murmur and you start to go, I can't wait to be home. And that's the summary of, our, of all the, the goodness of God. And we can get a little spoiled. You know, we can, we can live in this nation where really everyone actually gets a fair go. And, and we go about, and sometimes we can look at all of the issues of our nation and get entrenched a little bit in the mindset of today, and yet we've got to change our mind. We've got to come to a place of not taking it for granted, but coming to a place of thankfulness, coming to a place of acknowledging that we have all of the privileges that we have today and we'd better use it for the gospel's sake. You know, Paul said to let our conversation be about one thing, about the gospel. And you know, that word conversation in the Bible simply means our manner of living. We have a great opportunity that way. And notice the second thing, we need to render unto God our freedom so that we can Share the gospel. Notice the next thing. Look at verse 14. He says, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Uh, that's not something that we often would use, that whole idea of paying our vows. It's this idea that we, we make a commitment. A vow is a commitment. It's one made before the Lord, but it, it was required a free will offering. This was something that when you, when you study through the book of Leviticus, there were those times where you freely offered to God something for a commitment you make. And, and what he was saying here to, uh, to, in response to that question, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? He was saying, I'm going to live openly for God. He's saying, I'm, he's saying, I'm going to give my vows in the presence of all his people. You know, there's a need today for us as, as, as Christians to not only be committed, but to be boldly committed. You know, it's easy to say we're committed to God and sort of just hide away in our day-to-day. -day and we can, rather than be uh, open and outward about our faith, we can sort of shy away. And we try to not, be, not seem so different not stand out so much. We don't want to scare the people. We don't want to scare our neighborhoods. We don't want to scare our workmates. We don't want to scare our students. And I'm not saying this morning be weird. I'm saying be brave. I'm saying be bold. I'm saying that, that we ought not to be ashamed of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there ought to be a boldness about us to live differently to this world. And there we ought to have an, when we have an opportunity to cry out against evil in our day, we ought to cry out against evil. 
And there ought not to be any kind of shamefacedness about us when it comes to that because we ought to be the kind of Christians that are committed. That's what paying a vows is. You're committed in the presence of people. There's an understanding. And, and I wonder if you're in your neighborhoods. I wonder if you're in your schools. I wonder if in your workplaces you have a testimony that you're a Christian. That that testimony is backed up by not just your, your talk, by your walk. That, that, that it not, you don't take it for granted each day that you go about, that you actually have great influence if you chose to use it. That we don't just shy away from the responsibility that we have in our day to be salt and light. That we don't have this idea that is somehow if we just like them and somehow if there's no difference, that somehow we're going to make a difference. But listen, that's not how it works. The Bible tells us to live holy. The Bible tells us to live separate. The Bible tells us that we ought to be different. We're no longer children of darkness. We've been translated as children of light. You know, you can't mistake darkness and light. You, you can't mistake it. You know, this whole idea that, we're, that, that gets reasoned out that, you know, if we're just relevant and if we would just go with the trends and if we would just be just like the world, then somehow we can draw them in. Listen, the Lord Jesus wasn't just like the world. He was different. He stood up against the religiosity of the day. He stood up in the, in the face of the culture of the day and he, he, he stood up and he was someone that was followed by multitudes but eventually was crucified. And listen, we sometimes have this fear of living our faith that's visible to others. We somehow hope that someone guesses that there's something different about us and hopefully they'll ask us a question. And hopefully they'll come and go, hey, what's different about you? Listen, it doesn't work that way. There ought to be an obviousness about our faith. There ought not to be uh, any shame to be in public to pray and ask God for blessing upon our food. So for some of us, that's the extent of our courage. And sometimes we, we can't even open the Word of God in front of our colleagues for fear of being ridiculed. And some of you young people this morning, or you're afraid to stand out a little bit. And, and listen, you say you're a Christian. You say you've called on the name of Christ. Then live like it. And live in a way that's different. And live in a way that'll stand out. And I'll tell you what, I'll be one and there'll be others who'll be behind you and be beside you and, and, and encourage you. You know, it's, you're not alone in that. Listen, we're supposed to go about and be different in our day. Live in a way that's visible. Live in a way that's courageous to stand. You know, our theme this year is stand. And we need to stand. There's too many Christians who are bowing. There are too many Christians who think that this nation's going to be won through a casual approach. And I understand that sometimes that's a little bit of our psyche. You know, we're, we're pretty casual. You know, we, we like to just be a little bit homespun, so to speak. And I'm not saying be formal and go about there, but I'm saying be courageous, be different, stand out. And I believe if we're going to see Australia, even in these last days, 
if we're going to see people come to know the Lord, if we're going to see people come to understand what the Bible is all about, and we come to understand what it is that a Christian should look like and should be like in this 21st century, then there ought to be some Christians here today that will just go get back to their commitment and say, Lord, I'm going to stop playing around. I'm going to start living for you. I'm going to start living every day and I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start understanding what it is that you would expect of me in my everyday life and I'm going to get back to that place of just standing out and trying to be committed to you and and Lord help me to win my neighborhood help me to win my workplace help me to win my friends help me to understand that it's only I that you've given in this time and we have the grace right now living in this great country to make a difference Too many times we just go about and, you know, let's not forget that there were those who paved the way. And that's a a third thing. Notice as the the scriptures go on, we didn't read these couple of verses, but we will now. Notice verse 15, he says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, he's remembering those who have gone before. He's remembering those who did in their lifetime render to God something for, for the benefits that he had given them. And I want to tell you that there's, there's been generations that have paved the way. That actually, we don't, we don't have the gospel here and we don't have the faith because somehow it was only given to this generation. No, a previous generation and previous people by God's sovereignty were given the responsibility and they successfully did their part. That's why we have it today. And, and here's the next thing he says. He says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I think about different ones. You perhaps immediately brought to mind some of those of your loved ones who live faithfully. Some of those who've gone before already and have had a great testimony of just making a difference in their family, in their community for the cause of Christ. I think of one particular lady that just, just was a, a wonderful lady. Her, her name is Gloria Watling. And Gloria Watling was a wonderful lady that I had the privilege of pastoring. And she just was a ray of sunshine. She was, she was over 80 years old, but every, every Sunday she came to every service. And, and you know, she would come up to me and she would, Pastor, I read my Bible this week. And she just, she just had, for her age, this great effervescence and still had a great passion. She would often call me and say, Pastor, I was praying for you today. I was praying for the church today. I was praying for my sons. And, and so often she would call, not with a complaint, but actually with something that she was, was on her heart for the Lord. And, you know, I think about the day when I got the phone call from her son, Graham. And he said, my mom's passed. And you know, I was sad, but I was also rejoicing because I know where she went. She's with the Lord, but she lived a life well lived. And she lived a life that affected so many. And you know, we, we have those that we can look at history. And again, tonight, Lord willing, we'll cover those. But 
We learn of those who early in our history paved the way for us. And I'm saying we've got not to, we can't take it for granted, the preciousness of those saints. And, you know, if we can't look at the past, someone said, then our futures will be lost. There were those already right from the outset who understood that if we don't evangelize, we'll fossilize. If we don't become a missionary force, we'll become a missionary field. And, you know, we look around and there's a need. There's a need for those who will follow, follow those who paved a path of faith. And I wonder if there would be some men and some young men and some older men who this morning would just go, Lord, the, the Lord, if, if the Lord would have me, I'll, here I am, send me. There's still a need today. And there's still a need today to preach to those who would say, God, if you would use me, and I don't know what I have to offer, and I don't know if I have much, but if you would use me, I'll go. And there's some towns, and there's some cities, and there's some communities out there who have a need for someone to just come along and just preach the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what's needed. You know, if God calls you to other spheres, praise God for that. But listen, why, why is it that we've seemed to be dried up in this call and there were those who paved the way, those who came from across the seas and those who gave up their lives, their comfortable lives from different places and they had a heart for this place. And by the way, we wouldn't have a church if one didn't come from overseas to come here. And yet there's still a work to do. And I wonder if there'd be some this morning who just say, Lord, use me. You see, we have a pioneering, a pioneering history. You know, I, we often feel as though God maybe is done and cannot work in our midst because we don't perhaps have an understanding of how God does it. We don't understand that in the past there were those who were pioneering in their mindset and not only did they explore this great nation and mapped it out for us, no, there were many of those who by horseback and, and for several hours on a Sunday went from town to town and they preached the gospel. You know, if you look at the early Christian history of our nation, so many of those preachers who first came, they were circuit preachers. They would go from town to town on a Sunday. They would go from dusk till dawn. And they would just preach the Word of God. There was a pioneering history and there was a pioneering spirit. And there were those who just went about and they made it their business to pave a path of faith so that this nation could have that heritage. But then lastly, notice this morning, look at verses 16 and 17. He says, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. He says it again in verse 18, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. But notice he says there, Lord, truly I am thy servant. Then he says, I'm going to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And, and here's the last, last thing we can render unto the Lord. We can live to demonstrate God's goodness upon me. You know, God's been good. You know, what is our identity as an Australian Christian? How are we viewed? 
how are we viewed by those who are without? You know, what I'm afraid of sometimes is we can, we can live in such a manner that actually turns those who are lost off from the gospel. They're, they're not seeing Christians who are servants of the Lord. They're seeing Christians who just live like everyone else. They're, they're seeing Christians who are just as whingy and complaining as the average Aussie is. And we, we tend to, and he's, he's reminding those, what can we render unto the Lord? Hey, just, just be a servant and be thankful. He's saying have a, have a servant life. Have a life that will, will, will demonstrate a service for God. Have a life that, that when, when people see, they, the, the Bible exhorts us in Colossians 4, 5, and 6, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. You know, we have a short time, I think. You know, just by, the Bible says, by reason of strength, God gives us four score. But, but typically, we live uh, maybe 70 years, maybe a little bit longer, and by reason of strength, He does that. But listen, we have a short time. And we, have a, we ought to live a life that demonstrates God's goodness upon us we ought to live a life of service, but we ought to live a life of hopefulness and thankfulness. You know, I wonder if we, we, out of our lips, there's just great hope that flourishes. You know, we can, we can get into a bit of a syndrome in our thinking. We can point at all of the bad. You know, we can be pretty good at that. We can point at all of the evils of the world. But you know what sometimes we're not good at? Is pointing to, to the answers to that evil. And that answer to, the, to that evil is simply a Savior who loves them. And we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who actually looked at all of the wickedness of this world and still came. He lived a perfect life. And out of, because of His love, He willingly laid down His life. He shed his blood as a payment for sin, and he offers you that today. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you the answers to all of all of the all of the struggles of life can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's willing to save. But you've got to come to him and accept him. Accept his sacrifice on the cross. And listen, we, we, we look around and sometimes we can be thankless. And we can start to get a little bit entitled to all of the goodness that we get each day. But listen, we're, we shouldn't be entitled. We should be thankful. We should be ones that wake up each morning and say, hey, thank you. Lord, for another day. Hey, thank you, Lord, for this. Well, I get to live here. <laughs> hey, thank you, Lord, that I get to be part of this neighborhood and, and I, have, I have a roof over my head. I have clothes on my back and we have freedom to worship you today. When was the last time you just gave thanks to God? When was the last time when someone brought up the ills of society, you pointed them to the hope that they needed instead of going along with it, because we so easily can. We can so easily just sort of go on this bash. 
And yet what we need is actually to point people to the hope that, that is within us. And that hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? You know, our, our anthem is Advance Australia Fair. You know what needs most advancing? We need to advance the work of God. And in order to, for us to render some things to God, what are we doing with our freedom? What are we doing to live openly and unapologetically and without shame? And we, do we remember those who paved the way? Do we demonstrate through our manner of living a servanthood, a thankfulness, and a hopefulness? And, and you know, we look around, we're a nation of diverse people. We have, we have many opportunities. And yet, all of us here as God's people, we have a great opportunity in a country of 26.5 million to just make a small difference where we're at. And God has called you here. And God has called you to live a life that will make a difference in 2024. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the time that we have. And Lord, there's much more that... I guess we could have said this morning, but suffice it to say, dear God, we, there's a need. And I wonder if there'd be just some who would just, in their love for you and really a love for this country, would just stand up and say, Lord, I'd be willing. Lord, I'd be willing to at least just be a gospel witness. Lord, I'd be willing when I consider all of your goodness to to live openly and boldly for you. Lord, I'd be willing to just remember the, the cost and remember those who have gone before. Lord, I'd be willing to live a life that shows your goodness. And Lord, I'd be willing to live a life that will honor you. And that's what I'll render back. And maybe there's some here this morning that would just come before a holy God this morning and say, God, I want to live for you. And as the piano begins to play, that's really the call this morning as we think about our nation. Maybe there's some that would just pray that God will use them this year in a, in a 